guys don't have to give them to me all now, but uh, Ebo Nelly, pick one of the three. Give me one of your three best of uh, the decade. Well, I can tell you my best moment right now. I'll tell you my best moment. My best moment would be when your Green Bay Packers, led by Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers, hoisted the Lombardi Trophy after besting the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl to kind of kick off the decade. I know it was, what, twenty in 2011, but the 2010 season, to kind of kick off that decade, the Packers hoist the Super Bowl, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, and uh, as a diehard Packer fan that was old enough to be able to party and drink after it happened, it was, it was a magical time for me. That's, that's my best moment uh, as of right now. How about you, Nelson? That's a pretty good one. All right, Nelson, one of the three, best athlete, best team, or best moment of the last decade? I'm going to go with the uh, best moment, and it has to be when the Wisconsin Badgers beat Kentucky Ooh. in the final four, and Kentucky went 38-1. and one. 38 and 10. And it's still regarded as one of the best college basketball teams ever, but they didn't even win a championship. That was sick, though. All right, I will. Uh, that, I mean, that that's right up there for me, uh, Nelly. Good call. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll. This one's tough. I'll go athlete, and you go one of two ways. You go with who's trending up now, and that's clearly Giannis. Or do you go who trended up to start the decade? And obviously, that was Aaron Rodgers winning two MVPs. And I wonder, Ebo, if and maybe this should be our first Twitter poll is like who's been the athlete of the decade? Is it Giannis or Rodgers? Um, because I think Giannis is probably going to win his second MVP. And I'm counting, you know, half of that season will be played in this decade. So I'm going to say Giannis won two MVPs in this decade and Aaron Rodgers won two MVPs in this decade. Um, you know, so, I, I, you know, I'll go with the longevity of Rodgers as my athlete of the decade. But I wonder how close it now is. Uh, clearly Giannis now is the most popular and the best in Wisconsin. But I wonder, Evil, over the 10 years, uh, because Giannis obviously has a late start, you know, he only joined the Bucks. you know, within the last half decade and has only really turned it on in the last three or four years. But has Giannis's play of the last five years been more impressive than Rodgers' play of the last ten years? Wow. that's a, Do you want that to be a poll? Aaron Put Rogers that up there. Giannis who's the athlete? The yeah. Who's, had, who's been the athlete of the decade? I mean, look, I, I, I'll leave out my man Ryan Joseph Braun. Should have been two MVPs in this decade. Absolute highway robbery. Christian Yelich also should have had two MVPs, highway robbery. Um, so Yelly and Brawny certainly could be in the discussion, but I don't think they're at Rodgers, Giannis. So I think it, it comes down to that. Who's been more impressive this decade? Rodgers with two MVPs and a Super Bowl title. I believe Giannis will get a second MVP, and I don't know if the Bucs will win an NBA title. They're certainly looking like the favorite to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, clearly right now, Giannis, if you look at who's better in their league, Giannis is clearly better right now in his league than Aaron Rodgers is. But there was a five, six, seven-year window where Aaron Rodgers was the Giannis of the NFL. I think Giannis is the industry standard right now. So I'm curious to see over 10 years who wins this vote. Yeah, so who has been the athlete of the decade between these two, Aaron Rodgers and Giannis Dendekumbo? You like that verbiage right there, Miller? I love it. I don't even know if this is really going to be close. I don't think it will be. I think Giannis will. But I think because we've become prisoner of the moment, and Giannis will probably win to Nelly's point. I think Rodgers is going to win. He's the hot. You think Rodgers will win? I think Rodgers was like the best quarterback. Yeah. I I think, A, people are really down on Rodgers right now, and, B, Giannis is about as hot as hot gets. But (laughs) what do you think, Evo? I mean, I'm with Nelson. I mean, hell, I just said that's my vote for athlete of the decade was Aaron Rodgers. So you know where I'm voting. Man. 
Well, when Giannis, well, Giannis got 2013 is when he drafted into the Milwaukee Bucks. You could, you could see there was something special with Giannis, but go back and look at Giannis in 2013. He's like a little string bean. He's like a little noodle. Like he's got no meat on his bones. He just looks like a timid little kid, you know, that's just lanky and awkward. But you could tell something, you know, special was brewing. I forget the players. Maybe it was Reggie Evans. He was sitting on the sidelines, and Giannis got into the game. And uh, Reggie, I think it was Reggie Evans, he asked Giannis, how old are you? And Giannis goes, 20. And he goes, damn. And I'll never, you remember that video, Nelson? I do. So you saw something special in 2013 with Giannis. And to where he is now, oh, my God, he is he, he is the new king. I mean, he crowned himself, Miller, when the, when the Bucks played the Lakers. Guys, I love that. He crowned himself in front of LeBron James. I mean, oof. But Aaron Rodgers, he used to put on that championship belt. When's the last time you saw Rodgers put on the championship belt? Yeah, but here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he won the Super Bowl in 2010, and he was probably the best quarterback from about that time through 2017 in my mind. That's seven, eight years right there. Well, and that's that's where you – yeah, Nelson, that's a great point. 608-321-1670, uh, Rodgers or Giannis, who's been better in this decade, is that, yeah, for a three-year window it's been Giannis. But, I mean, Ebo, do you think people will have the memory, to Nelly's point, that, yeah, starting in 10 to about – you know, to a, the NFC Championship game three years ago because, I mean, that was the I think we can run the table year – which that team was awful. That was all 100% Aaron Rodgers three years ago when they got to the Falcons. I mean, that's a seven-year window. Now, obviously, the, the, the broken collarbone year, we don't know what it would have been. He was pretty bad last year, and he was pretty average this year. So to, does, does Rodgers' seven years of dominance trump what Giannis is now probably? I mean, if you look at years combined, yeah, it's Rodgers, right? But is, is what Giannis is doing more impressive even in his league than what Rodgers did when he was at the height of his league? Well, I mean, if you look at – well, let's break it down a little bit here. Aaron Rodgers not really having a, that great of a year. He's, a, you know, an average year, I would say. And then you go back to the year before where last year he had another average year. His numbers are almost the same uh, as this year. And then you go back again, he's hurt. And you have other moments where Rodgers missed some time. So you have – I guess it is kind of comparable, though. He played, what, seven games in 2017? He played nine games in 2013? So you have – I don't know. You can make a case that it could be honest, just of his growth and how he's gotten the bucks of the oh, Eastern I Conference think you Finals can and he's an MVP. Case, yeah. You can totally make the case with Giannis being better than Rodgers in this decade because Rodgers has a couple seasons that were cut short with injury and just being subpar. Uh, well, and that, I mean, look, that's not his fault that he got hurt, but it's also you have to factor it in, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, that, that's part of the equation that uh, there were two years, a uh, significant time uh, of Rodgers' career that was gone. So, I mean, it's really only eight full seasons. You take Giannis where he's had, you know, two to three elite seasons, two more where he was pretty good. So does, you know, five really good seasons of Giannis take out the seven that were elite uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, Rodgers does have one more MVP than Giannis. I think, you know, we got a long way to go this NBA season, and I know voters get fatigue um, giving guys awards, but I, I, I can't see how Giannis doesn't win the MVP right now if this season, you know, keeps going like it is. Oh, yeah, he's like a runaway right now with the MVP. So, yeah, you can see Giannis having two, you know, two MVPs coming up, Aaron Rodgers with his two. So, um, I don't know, man. I You could see Giannis maybe steal this. I think – 
Rodgers will win the poll just because the Aaron Rodgers apologists and the Aaron Rodgers stands are out in full force lately, uh, as evident as yesterday and Sunday. So we'll see what happens. Well, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers. No, stand, I know you aren't. I, I know you aren't. I just don't. Get I am. Give it to him. This guy is. <laughs> the guy was, honestly, the probably the best quarterback for seven to eight years in this decade. Uh, all right, this is a great question. 608-321-1670. Rodgers or Giannis, whose decade has been better? Also, uh, who was your team of the decade, and what was the moment of the decade? There's a lot of good choices. Hey, Joe, we'll, you know whose decade uh, yeah, it wasn't? Yeah. Ted Thompson's. Ooh. What are you talking about? He won a Super Bowl. He, he drafted Aaron Rodgers, Nelson. He signed Charles Woodson. He did do that. He those drafted things. Justin Harrell with the 11th pick. That was the first year of the decade. It <laughs> only went downhill from there, Joe. Many say that uh, Ted Thompson whispered into Brian Gutekunst here to draft their Sean Gary, too. Uh, yeah. That, oh, man. And who can think Some about say the. He even the, made the pick. Yeah. How about Ryan Braun still going 10 years into the decade? Talk about longevity. Greatness knows greatness. So anyway, RJ, my question, so I'm at, you know, I'm, I leave, obviously, Madison, ton of Badger fans on that first flight. Then you get out of Detroit, you get a few more, and then I land in LAX, and, you know, it's one of the biggest airports in the world, and there is red freaking everywhere. And then I walk in here to the Weston Bonaventure, you know, this iconic hotel in downtown LA where all these movies have been filmed, and I walk into this incredible, like, 360 circle bar in the lobby. It looks like it's straight out of, like, a 70s, you know, Hollywood hit, and there's, like, probably 900 Badger fans. I, you know, I guess the question of, and this is what I want to ask you, like, did you feel like there was going to be fatigue on this Rose Bowl from the fan base, or did you assume that everyone would show up? Because this isn't like 94 out here, but this is this is probably a close second. I, is it the seven-year layoff? Is it we just want to party whenever we, I mean, like, why do you think so many people are out here? I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a seven-year layoff, because what, we made two, three... In such a short amount of time where, yeah, it gets tired of going back to the same place over and over again. I mean, uh, in my years there, we were in Tennessee for the Music City Bowl and then four straight years of either Tampa or Orlando. And, yeah, by the time it got to that last game in Tampa, I mean, the red section was a little dwindled because, yeah, people were like, I was in Tampa two years ago. (laughs) I was in... Orlando two years ago. Uh, I mean, uh, in Nashville, a lot of people showed up for that one just because um, it was. I think Nelson was there. It, well, at the time, he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's it's a drinking town, and when you got people who know that, uh, who are from a drinking culture, yeah, they go there. And, Nelson, uh, were, were there you was drinking? a red in Nashville for a much lesser bowl <laughs> game. So yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think you know the seven year layoff helps out a lot. If this was like a second consecutive Rose Bowl, uh, I think you'd see less numbers, but still uh, people attending. Yeah, it was not drinking well, in Nashville. I would have been 11 years old in fifth grade. Hey, you started you me could up. have been. You're a Wisconsinite, aren't yeah. you? Definitely wasn't. I, 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 I had already moved on to Miller Lite by the time I was an 11-year-old Nelson. Get with the program. Well, the, the other thing, RJ, is, and I, this is what, you know, we've had this great debate, right? We had it the, just the other day on the show of would you rather have been Oklahoma getting the crap kicked out of you Saturday night, but you, at least you could say you're in the college football playoff, or Wisconsin coming out here and maybe winning against a great Oregon program. 
And I think I'm kind of getting that answer from a lot of Badger fans that the Rose Bowl still does mean a lot. And, you know, in this world where we're kind of in like that 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 limbo of like, are we going to be in the college football playoff ever or not? Like, I still think people value this game as the the next best thing and a very close second to the college football playoff. Absolutely. Um, in In the world of the Big Ten, your goal is still to win your conference and make it to the Rose Bowl. If you do that, uh, you win the conference, you set yourself up uh, for a, most likely a spot in the college football playoff. But your goal is still win that conference, make it to the Rose Bowl. And you know what? Uh, even even Ohio State, yeah, they have aspirations for the national championship every year. I mean, that should be everybody's goal. But still, I guarantee, you know what? If they win their conference, they know at least they make it to the Rose Bowl, no matter what happens. Um, outside of, you know, the the weird scenario where they the Rose Bowl can go rogue, but... I mean, the reason the BCS was so weird for a while was because the Rose Bowl was like, no, we're Big Ten, Pac-12. That's it. That's that's what we're doing. That's who, what we have been. That's what we've always been. And then they finally got into the rotation, and then you had, uh, like, the the uh, Nebraska-Miami. Was that game at the Rose Bowl? Yes. And then you had Texas-USC. So they finally kind of changed with the times. But now, back into this— they can uh, they can once again outside of the year where they host a semifinal once again they can go back to being the Big Ten Pac-12 matchup that the Rose Bowl wants that the two conference wants and you don't have to worry about uh, you know really it's it's the history that the the granddaddy of them all is about and the people who want to poo-poo that and say it's not a granddaddy anymore it's still a bowl game from 1902 that took a few years break because why are you they didn't think the they could make money that? why are you looking uh, me right in the eyes when you say it's, that it's kind of into the camera <laughs> rj can it be the granddaddy of them it, all when there's a college football playoffs now absolutely it's not the moniker of being the bowl that means everything it's Joe, a moniker he's eyeballing me he's eyeballing <laughs> me it's Joe. the moniker that this bowl <laughs> is is so heralded and all that. I mean, you you look at it and the amount of people who don't know the mystique of the Rose Bowl because they're not included, that's why it's the granddaddy of them all. It's I will say, yeah, I'm surprised in a pleasant way. And, oh, there's a lot of Oregon people here. I mean, I, I was wondering, RJ, if this was going to feel like, you know, an Outback Bowl or more like a Rose Bowl, and, uh, and it feels like a Rose Bowl. All right, you are Mr. Two Segments today, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, because we got to talk Ryder, and then obviously need your bowl game prediction for the Rose Bowl tomorrow. But RJ, most important question of the day: in the line of fire, true lies, uh, interstellar, Rain Man, Heat, or Lethal Weapon Two? Oh, man. Uh, that's the list. There's been 13 mil- big budget films. How do you pick <laughs> one? Those are all the films that have been filmed at the Bonaventure where I'm staying. Those those are all pretty good. The one. I, I have not seen Interstellar yet. It's, what? It hasn't turned my crank. I have no reason RJ, to go see it. RJ, don't go Nelson on us. That, that's the only one I haven't seen. Nelson's though. at least seen parts of Interstellar. Oh, oh good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, yeah, the rest of those movies, that's uh, – I need, like, a one of those those uh, Dungeon & Dragon dice just to 
pick which one it's I gotta be in, in the line of fire right man yeah but Clint I, I mean Eastwood. true lies I loved that movie yeah like so do I I got to I got to see that when I was like what 10 years old it was great sick <laughs> movie dude all right RJ before I get your uh, Rose Bowl pick um I want to hear about uh, what your take on Ryder is tonight, and are you surprised that Nelson refuses to remove Greg Gard from Mount Notice after that stunning beatdown in uh, Knoxville on Saturday against Tennessee? You know, I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, he's tends to hang on to things a little too long. I've, I've <laughs> what, who to, Nelson? Yeah, so I've I've come oh. to, I've come to know he holds grudges for a very long time, even if. Good things happen, so Dude, not too st- surprised. Nelson's still pissed at his kindergarten teacher for giving him a B on his <laughs> finger painting. <laughs> and he didn't hear you. Or no, he's either. just not paying attention. He's got a grudge right against me. I think, this, I think but, the story uh, there is that Nelson actually graduated kindergarten. <laughs> RJ, you're burying the lead. It was, it was the second try. Uh, <laughs> the super kindergarten. You know, it, it was great to see the team uh, actually – perform like they do at home on the road so uh not sure what happened there but shots were falling RJ, and... it's all micah potter right the the damn nca screwed yeah. the first half of our season we'd be 14 and 0 because clearly they're undefeated with micah potter yeah. so spin zone conspiracy theory tuesday uh the ncaa had a vested interest in mount notice and wanted to make money off of it mm. so they silenced micah potter's <laughs> transmission to uh i don't know somehow make tourist attraction money tickets off mount notice is... sounds like what it is well if that's right i haven't seen a payment yet from wow the NCAA. <laughs> Well, that's not that's normal. That's normal. Yeah, that is normal, Nelson. But yeah, just watching that, you saw how horrendous Tennessee even played at home. Uh, RJ, they were good at home though. They won like thirty-two or thirty-three games at home. Well, yeah, but you shot thirty-five percent from the field. That's horrible. And like, okay, but Micah Potter, yeah, he was really good against what UW Milwaukee, but he played seven minutes against Tennessee, two rebounds and four fouls. Like he he One made turnover. He made Nate Reaver's life easier though in those. Reavers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you had Trice go off for Trice was uh, finally, finally making balling. threes. Yeah. Brevin Pritzel was making threes. So you had two guys who were were hot together. Uh, that was good. <laughs> oh, wow. That was good to see. I'm choking up You're getting up choked here. up. I mean, I their just, first, it was just amazing. Their first road win of the season <laughs> and, gets you worked up. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. Um, but, yeah, yeah, watching I mean, a complete game against a, a major school uh, on the road, was good to see. Hopefully, using that to move forward. Uh, I've what Tennessee had lost three in a row now, or something like that, or three of their last four. So, hopefully, it doesn't turn out you beat a team like kind of like you lost to St. Mary's, and then you find out they're actually not as good as they were projected to be. Um, so, hopefully, you see a rebound and Tennessee does well in the SEC. Uh, and you can kind of hang your hat on that win and call it, you know, a uh, tier one win or whatever those tiers are now for, or quadrant one win, whatever they're now applying to the NCAA tournament to, uh, quote unquote, make it more fair f- to get uh, non power five schools in there. But I mean, it's just uh, another made up stat to like pretend we're trying to make it more <laughs> inclusive. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a good win. It's one that hopefully is that stepping stone to have your season continue as you play Ryder tonight. Uh, I mean, shouldn't be a game, I don't think. I mean, you, against the, the major schools, they are— RJ, they lost um, to Richmond and New Mexico, though. Right. That's what I mean. 
I mean, still, there's against the major. Hey, RJ Ryder lost by out. 42 points to Arizona State. Right. <laughs> I mean, so hopefully you see that and those three losses. I mean, you lose to UMass. Uh, Wisconsin's by favored by 13 and a half. You lose to Temple uh, by eight. You know, um, I, I don't know if I can pick Wisconsin to cover that. Well, hold on. What did you say? 13 and a oh, half. Oh, I thought you said 30 and a half. I was like, <laughs> no, 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 13 and a half. <laughs> no, RJ, I don't, I, I'm sure you listen to the Daily Action Zone. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to tempt fate because I just got my locks bad. I had to go on this incredible win streak to get him back. But Alex Hornibrook is skipping the Tony the Tiger Bowl today to prep for the NFL draft. You know, Florida State is going to be lost without Hornibrook today. <laughs> so the bet of the day is Arizona State because the the franchise Hornibrook is not playing in the Tony the Tiger Bowl. Yeah, you know, it, you it's really it. sad when a guy of that caliber uh, just decides to just abandon the team or or really upset the apple cart uh, for the second time in his life. Um, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, so uh, more power to him. Uh, it's one of those things watching. RJ, is that the most in all your time being a Badger guy for us, from when you were associated with the team to now covering it, is that the most bizarre story you've ever heard, that Alex Hornibrook is, uh, is skipping the bowl game to prep for the NFL draft? Would that go up there as the most insane story of the decade? Yes. <laughs> I I don't know what else would, um, I, it, yeah that's that's about it. Like when I read that tweet, I started laughing and then clicked on the the reporter and it was like a legit person <laughs> who covers Florida State. I was like, oh oh, this is real. <laughs> okay, um, and then reading all the comments on it, the other guy who was listed on there too, people were like, why? None of these guys are going to make the NFL. Did you mistype it? It's supposed to be XFL? I was like, oh. No, XFL already had their draft yep. and had their roster set. So, yeah, it's 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 shocking. It, it is shocking. It's like, quite shocking. It's one of those jaw hit the floor and you didn't even start there. What makes you think you're going to jump to that next level when you can't complete a five-yard pass without hitting the shoelaces of the guy you're throwing it to? Alex Hornibrook just comes off as a guy that teammates might want to knock out. He's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's I I mean there's nothing there like Allegedly. Yes, he did he did well for a little while and then uh Dude, he won for, a Manning Academy. He could get trash cans on a golf cart that were right yeah, around. Yeah, that's great. Good for you. Uh but is I mean, it okay if I still believe that Manning Academy was like for ten and twelve year olds, <laughs> and he was like the twenty year old there? If I'm the other people he, that he were the there, camp counselor. If I'm the other people that were there, and I'm like, dude, Alex Hornibrook won that. Can I get my money back? Yeah, like I feel like I was hosed. But see, those those are they do a competition between the counselors who are all like college quarterbacks. So yeah, it is a camp more for developing kids. But then like the counselors go there and they get their private time with the Mannings too but uh still it's yeah i reading that and knowing he is not in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl today uh crushed my spirit a little bit i think i am going to declare for the NFL draft myself that a boy, RJ. Nice. Well, let's let's finish this, this the segment. Supplemental this did, the supplemental comes up in the spring. <laughs> yeah, the supplemental. No, it's in August, RJ. So you got some time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Rose Bowl, Wisconsin, two and a half point favorite. Really hasn't moved off that number. Uh, are you surprised that Wisconsin still remains the favorite? And how do you see this thing playing out tomorrow? I not really. You you look at 
the schedules and the opponents each of these teams has played. Um, I think the Big Ten is regarded as a better conference, uh, both offensively and defensively. Uh, or Oregon has faced lesser competition. Um, I mean, with, when they got to their conference schedule, uh, they faced only four opponents with a winning record. It becomes seven when you add in the non-conference when you faced Auburn, Nevada, and uh, uh, the FCS school, Montana. But, I mean, rushing offenses that they win against, yeah, they have a good rush defense. They have played only two top 25 rushing offenses in Auburn, who put up 200 and some odd yards against them, and then uh, Utah in the conference championship game where they played out of their mind because uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they had the motivation thinking they still had a shot at making the college football playoff, which, I mean, after watching Oklahoma lay an egg, maybe the, uh, the winner of the Pac-12 should have been in there. Um, I think, you know, the Big 12 is just a joke, I think, uh, we're seeing the Pac-12 is a little bit of a joke too, uh, even though Illinois just lost to Cal. But I mean, you saw the whooping um, Iowa put on USC, where everybody thought Iowa didn't have a chance for some reason. Don't understand that at all. But uh, um, yeah, I I think yeah, you, you're yeah. looking at Wisconsin here, so they're the favorite. But you still have like public opinion is in the majority for Oregon solely because they see a guy who has a thousand yard rushing and you have uh, the uh, Herbert with the quarterback there who was supposed to be your top overall pick heading into this season and still had a, a statistically good season, just not where people thought uh, he was going to end up. And you had better performances out of, more quarterbacks than him so he even drops down on that board a little bit um and I, I i just think they really haven't seen a defense like wisconsin's since they played cal earlier in the year um and and auburn um the cal game they only won 17 to 7 and uh, cal like peed that one down their leg if i remember correctly um but you know, they, yeah, sure, they they maybe play in similar stuff. They find they had uh, success in certain areas there, but um, I really feel this is going to be one where they're going to force Wisconsin to pass the ball, and we saw against Minnesota that this team can do that. Minnesota's not a bad defense. Um, if, if we see a half like they played the first half against Ohio State, um, I think you see a win. If we see a game like they played, uh, against Minnesota, we're going to see a Wisconsin win. Uh, I like Wisconsin 31, uh, Oregon 27. Yeah. Thank you, RJ. I got to give Nelson the shout out of the day here. Um, uh, an admitted Aaron Rodgers hater, uh, but true, he Nelly? said Rodgers would win this poll. Yeah, it's true. Is that true? I'm not a hater. I'm a realist. He's played like junk the last couple of years. All right, well, I thought that Jan, I still am on Team Rogers. I Admittedly, he has been down the last couple of years. I thought he, but we put a Twitter poll up. Who has been the athlete of the decade, Giannis or Rogers? Clearly, Rogers has the first half and maybe even the first three quarters, but I always think we as sports fans become prisoners of the moment, and we're such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society. 
And clearly right now it's not a competition. Giannis is way more dominant in his profession than Rodgers is in his. Uh, that being said, it's still 72% of the vote. Who's been the athlete of the decade right now going to Aaron Rodgers? Are you surprised, Ebo, by that result? No, uh, I'm not. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... He, he's he's had more you know longevity than Giannis. Giannis coming in the league at 2013. Giannis didn't start to scratch the surface until what like two years ago, uh, where you could really say you had something like incredibly special. You knew it was good, but you didn't know how special it would be. Aaron Rodgers was so special from what 2010 till 2000 and what 17. Yeah, 17. I'd say yeah, 17. When he made the, <laughs> 16, the, 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 the run the table, yeah. the the run the table year where they run eight in a row and got to the NFC championship. But you also got to throw in the ago. you know the 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 injury that he's had that kept him out a couple times. Then you got to throw in just how incredible the story of Giannis is though. Giannis going from a little noodle uh, when he was drafted in 2013 of you could tell something was there to where he is now, and you're like, oh my god, this guy this guy is a freak. It's uh it's pretty special what Giannis is doing, but Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers basically dominated the entire decade, uh, outside of maybe a couple injury, you know, seasons. Giannis, Giannis still, Giannis will dominate the 2020s. How about that? Uh, I like that con- uh, comment a lot. All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy again. Uh, who is the athlete of the decade, Giannis or Rodgers? And then we add this as a follow up: name us your athlete, name us your team, and name us your moment. Uh, you guys, Ebo and Nelson, both went with your moment in the last hour, which was the Packers uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I went with Rodgers as the athlete. Oh, so no, 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 back no. to you guys. My moment what? was when Wisconsin beat Kentucky. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Nelson. I apologize. The Kentucky. So give me, Ebo, your team of the decade. All right. So I'll, I'll just break it down for you right now because I finally got it out. I tweeted it out at Ebo Says. Beautiful, amazing account. Give it a follow. So my best athlete. <laughs> and give Actions on it Radio. It is. Follow. I love Ebo Says. He is funny. Actions Thank you. on Radio that. and uh, Rowdy underscore Razor. That's Nelson. Uh, best athlete. I'm going to go with uh, Wisconsin's all-time winningest quarterback, Joel Stave. Under the face of adversity and a lot of pressure and a lot of haters, Joel Stave, what did he do, Joe? He just won. And won a lot to the point where he has won the most out of anyone in Wisconsin history. It's incredible. Best moment, Mike McCarthy hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy after winning the Super Bowl. That was just chills. I get chills thinking about it. And the best team, the best team for me, I had a toss-up. Uh, mine would either go to the 2014-15 Wisconsin basketball team that made Kentucky 38-1 and or 38-1 and or you know how much I hate the Chicago Cubs. The 2018 Milwaukee Brewers who beat the Cubs in an extra game, 163rd, in Wrigley Field to win the NL Central and eventually go on to the NLCS. I love punking the Chicago Cubs. You, Nelsner? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. I I would say, Ebo, for me, um, it would be uh, that that moment. As far as moment for me was Cub fans – being so cocky and arrogant that they weren't going to have a game 163 that they didn't even buy fan, uh, tickets and it became a de facto home game for the Brewers and watching the Brewer fans watching the the Cub fans exit Wrigley Field when the Brewers won that game and it was basically all Brewer fans at Wrigley Field watching the Brewers win the NL Central beautiful uh, of course they didn't win the entire championship but they did win the division and for the Brewers to kind of come out of nowhere to take out big teams like the Cardinals and Cubs and to do it on Wrigley Field, the same Wrigley Field where the Cubs manufactured a rainout, where the Cubs manufactured changing day games to night games just to try and mess with the Brewers, 
That was about as sweet as it gets watching the Brewers win the division on the Cubs' home field. Oh, it never gets old to me. I, I got some tweets to read, but before that, Nelly, how about how about your full list as we near the end of 2019? I kept it pretty simple mo- with mine. Obviously, my moment was the uh, Badgers beating Kentucky to go 38-1. and uh, The team had to be the Green Bay Packers. It was the only team that won a championship. And the athlete has to be Aaron Rodgers. He truly was the best quarterback for about – seven to eight years in this decade. All right, Miller, I got some tweets for you, buddy. In at Zone Madison, we're going to go with uh, Rory. Or, yeah, Rory, he says, best athlete, Melvin Gordon. That guy's a beast. Best moment was, that was the, a pretty good one. the Motown Miracle, Hail Mary from Aaron Rodgers to Richard Rodgers. And then the best team is the 2018-19 Milwaukee Bucks. Hell yeah. And Grandpa Gone Wild, haven't heard from him in a minute. What's up, Grandpa? Grandpa Gone Wild says, The athlete, despite the growing trend to hate, it has to be Aaron Rodgers. The teams would be the 2014-15 Badger basketball team or the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers that captivated the whole state. And the moments would be the Brewers clinching at Wrigley or Paul Chris uttering or muttering under his breath, but everyone saw it, turnover chain my effing A. Hell yeah. Yeah, the, man, I, I mean, and you think about that, by the way. Who was the uh, MVP of that game, the Orange Bowl? That would be Alex Hornibrook. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, you know, I, can you say a moment that for, like, the moment that didn't happen? Because here we are sitting at the Rose Bowl and having this debate, is it still the granddaddy of them all when there's a thing called the college football playoff? Can we say the moment, Ebo, the decade would be the 31 yards they didn't get? in that Big Ten championship game two years ago because had they got there, got that, they would have beat Ohio State. They would have made the college football playoff. Um, would that have been a bigger – because you think about, you know, the the Super Bowl is is the answer, right, because that's the only championship one of our teams have won mm-hmm. in this in this decade. But you did have a Super Bowl with, in the Favre era. You obviously have tons of Super Bowls in the history of the Packer organization. You've never had a college football playoff. Would – making the college football playoff have been equal to winning a Super Bowl? Hmm, that's a good question. I think uh, no, but almost. Like, it would be almost there. As Wisconsin football, you're desperate to finally get that national recognition. Um, It would be almost close to that plane, but I think it would just be winning it all. God, I don't know. What do you think, Nelly? I think you're right. I think it's just under it. It's kind of like the Wisconsin basketball national championship game like that was an awesome season but they didn't quite get it done that's a good question though where the Packers you got to give them that edge because they did get it done they did win the championship they completed the season you know I Joe I'd like to I'd like to sometime find out how it feels how about that but Justice Winslow did touch it too Justice Winslow definitely touched it Miller yeah um it's like the um the basketball, like beating Kentucky, but then they lost to Duke, but beating Kentucky was so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, But, well, I mean, you got to the Final Four, though, you know? That's what everything's predicated on, right? You got to right? the Final Game. Yeah, and the, well, I mean, everyone talks about the, the Final Four. What do you always hear about the Final Four team, the Final Four team? What do you hear more, the, the back-to-back Final Four teams or the championship team, or the championship, uh, the runner-up team? What do you hear more? I hear more Final Four. The back-to-back well, that's Final what I'm saying. Four like, Badgers. Right, and, you know, do you think about, I mean, because the Packers won the Super Bowl, but Wisconsin making it to the championship game in college basketball, like, what was more impressive? And, oh, factor in 
that they beat what some people say was maybe the greatest college basketball team of all time, that undefeated Kentucky team. Like, yeah, Wisconsin didn't win that championship, but it's almost like isn't that almost as impressive because of how they what they did in that run? Well, I think it's even yeah, it's impressive that and not only did you beat like the best collection of talent, the thirty eight and done team in Kentucky, but you got revenge on them because you lost in that spot before, which is incredible that you were able to get back to that spot and face that you know a team that was destined to win it all, so everyone said, and then beat them. That was pretty incredible, man. That season was also really cool just because you you never really thought that team was ever going to lose. Yeah. What they lost at Rutgers, they lost to Duke in maybe one or two other games. I mean, you can pinpoint those two moments for the best for Wisconsin basketball. We were talking about Wisconsin football. What are the best moments for the Packers outside of the Super Bowl and the best moments for the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Packers is a real enigma, right? Because you go the, the season after where it's one of the greatest regular seasons in the history of the NFL. They go 15-1, and then they take a dump, you know, the first game at home against a 9-7 and Giant team. But then you go on the flip side of that where they had these terrible years, and yet Aaron Rodgers says R-E-L-A-X, and they go on that crazy run that year. And then he says run the table, and they get all the way to the NFC Championship game. But they lost, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. how do you make sense of what was, was – it was an incredible accomplishment when the Packers were 4-6 and six and left for dead, and they win six games in a row to end the regular season. They win two games uh, in the playoffs, including winning on the road in Dallas, one of the greatest you know come-from-behind <laughs> wins you'll ever see. And then they get to the NFC Championship game where they have all the momentum. Everybody was picking the Packers in that NFC Championship game that year. And Atlanta just absolutely blows the doors off them. I think it's. I think it's. I mean, when you look back on the decade, you know, as 2019 ends at tonight midnight, you look back at the special moments that you had with the Packers. Run the table was incredible. How exciting was that to see him rattle off win after win? The R E L A X, relax was incredible. And then you have the Motown miracle. Um, you have the other, you know, hail mary. You have. Jared Cook passed down the side. Yeah, the toe tapper. Um, there's so many incredible just moments that happened in. You know, the decade, obviously you only get that one Super Bowl, but you still can celebrate the moments. Just don't just don't think about the fact that they only won that one Super Bowl. Uh, 608-321-1670. And then, you know, you, you, the, the, the other one would be the Brewers. And, you know, what, what Nelson, I'll ask you first, the, you know, the baseball guy, was it, you know, the first time they got to the NLCS or was it two years ago? Which one was more special to you? Man, when I still think of that uh, NLCS, the first thing that comes to mind is the Brandon Woodruff home run. Right oh, out of the yeah, gates. Yeah, that was sick, dude. Against Clayton Kershaw, who's supposed to be the best pitcher in the game. That was a good one. And I don't really want to talk yeah, about the rest I mean, of okay. it. But. So 2011, they make the National League Championship Series lose to the Cardinals. That's where you tickle it, Joe. they make the National League. Well, okay, but which one? Like, in, in 2011... You're chasing history of 1982, um, so you had been to the NLCS. Now it's seven years. I don't think anybody saw NLCS two years ago. In 2011, you kind of saw them building towards that, right? They got the wild card the year before. Braun and Fielder were both top three in the MVP. They were they were both among the five or six best players in the league at the time. So it was 2011. It was more of like a culmination of hey, this team is really good, whereas two years ago kind of came out of nowhere, right? 
No, I think you could say the Brewers were building in 17. And then in, in 16, they also had a, a decent year where they were they were rebuilding this franchise, adding pieces. 2011, I think the moment from that would have to be the, the T-plush where he tickled Ooh, it into the outfield. Tony plush. plush. Oh, man, I Tony missed T-plush. But then again, you ran into David uh, Reese. Yeah, I mean, look. It, it but was, you can celebrate was, the special moments. Ending. You can celebrate the special moments and remember them like, man, how excited were we when that happened? You know? I just, you, I can't top beating the Cubs. You know, 2018 was at the Cubs' expense. 2011, the Cubs were bottom feeders. So, didn't really have the same significance for me. And then the Cardinals, you know, who was probably my other most hated baseball team, was the team that beat them. We uh, say good morning to our guy, uh, Tony Cartagena, our Milwaukee man, as uh, the Bucks win again last night to run their mark to 30-5. and five. Morning, Tone. What's going on, guys? We're just chilling, man. Joe's out in well, L.A. Uh, and Tony, I'm out in L.A. and I'm 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 pacing I'm in for Madison. my bloody Mary. They don't You're apparently adhere to the same drinking standards, Tony, that we do in Wisconsin out here in L.A. Uh, yeah, you're probably just not in the right part of L.A. You can get booze in, at 6 a.m. in the, the right part of oh, Los Angeles. Tony, you're believe. totally right, because a couple of years ago, didn't the Milwaukee Bucks, they were out in L.A., and then weren't they out at a strip <laughs> club, and then they got they lost to the Lakers, and it was a big embarrassment? Was that Jason Kidd's first year, I want to say? Yeah, I think L.A. Nightlife is responsible for a lot of professional teams losing. I'm guessing the Packers may even experience that a little bit this year. But, <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Some clubs out there are still Yeah, open. the Packers definitely had a case, Tony, of the L.A. flu a few weeks ago. Yeah, that happens. For hey, sure. Tony, before we get to the Bucks real quick, what's your take on uh, the Packers being 13-3 and and that ugly, ugly, ugly win that they had? They're like the most confusing team I've ever paid attention to because I think they can beat anybody probably except New Orleans, but they can also lose to anyone on any given Sunday, and I wouldn't think twice about it. So it's one of those teams that I guess it depends on which team shows up. Yeah, very perplexing. If Roger gets hot, I mean, who knows what could happen. Hey, let me ask you, man, uh, moving on to the Bucks real quick, speaking of teams that are you know getting hot and yada, 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 Giannis sits out two games, they win. Uh, my boy, Ersan Ilyasova, looking good, too. But Giannis comes back last night. The Bucks win 123-102. to 102. They're now 30-5 and five in the NBA. Giannis says 30 wins is nice, but they can get a lot better. How, can, how do the Bucks get better? They can stop giving up uh, high-percentage threes to wide-open players. They can uh, continue to develop continuity with their bench, and that's just consistency, really with them and being able to maintain a lead. They they were bad at it early in the season. Then they hit a stride where, you know, if they were up 20, they didn't really give it up. Uh, over the past couple of weeks or so, they've kind of regressed a little bit in that department. So there are a couple of small nuanced things that they can obviously get a lot better at. Giannis can continue to, to develop at the three-point line and at the free-throw line. Um, Chris Middleton's got to find some consistency. So there's small things like that all across the board that, I mean, any team, if you were sitting at 30-5 and five and said, oh, no, we're good, we're just going to hopefully be playing like this in the playoffs, that's a horrible mentality to have. So <laughs> I look at them as it's still a lot of room for improvement, but they're very, very good right now. Uh, visiting with our uh, Milwaukee guy, Tony Cartagena, talking about the Bucks. So the other thing, uh, Tony, that Giannis said, 
you know, that, it, you know, to, to winning 30 games before January. Now, we obviously all thought this team was going to be pretty good. I'll admit, I thought they could still compete in the East, but that maybe with the losses and maybe other teams in the East getting better, that the, the, the gap would be narrower and that they'd struggle to win as many games as they did last year. Uh, at this pace, they're going to absolutely demolish their win total from last year. Are you surprised at how good they are to start this season? Uh, I'm not surprised because their strength of schedule is it started off kind of high, like it was it was a tough schedule at the beginning. But they still have a lot of second half games against Boston, Philadelphia, Miami, Toronto. They still have to go to LA to play the Lakers one more time. I think they still have to hit the road to Dallas. Like they have a West Coast road trip coming up next week. Like they they've had the luxury of the times that they were on the road, basically the entire month of November. They weren't exactly playing a lot of heavy hitters. So, um, did I expect five losses? No, I thought Giannis would sit more. I thought they'd maybe even struggle in the games that he did sit. But uh, they've really impressed a lot of people. But also, you have to look at opponents too. And uh, when talking about some of the some of the high numbers and some of the inflated numbers that this team is going to have, because yeah, they have five losses, but three of those losses are against Boston, Miami, and Philly. Hey, Tony, and that's um, something you definitely have to pay attention to. When it comes to Giannis, you know, he sat out with back soreness. Is that something we should worry about moving forward, or was it more of a load management kind of thing? I think it's more proactive than than anything. I think the Bucks have shown this year that they're going to be proactive with injuries, whether it's uh, sitting Chris Middleton longer than he needed to be sitting uh, after he battled back, whether it was Brooke Lopez with his back earlier this year or or George Hill as well. So I just think it's smart. I mean, yeah, the Bucks are 30-5, and five and that's great, but that's not even 50% of the way through the season yet. So there's still – it is such a marathon. Yeah, and you, They just have to be smart. And you brought up uh, the loss that they had to Philly, you know, one of their losses there on Christmas. What what was your initial – and what is your takeaway now, I guess, of that loss to the 76ers? Is that just nothing to really worry about, or is it something to be concerned, you know, come playoff time that maybe the Sixers could take the Bucks in the best of seven? Like, what is your uh, reaction to that loss? I think there's things to be concerned about because I think that the Sixers – if you look at like last year, why the Bucks lost, and granted they have some new pieces this year, and Wesley Matthews and Robin Lopez playing well off the bench, but if you look at why they lost last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Toronto Raptors really had a good recipe. They had Serge Ibaka, they had Pascal Siakam, they had Kawhi Leonard. So you have just so much length and athleticism and strength, right? Like they can throw just waves of people at Giannis on the perimeter, and then oh, they have. Marcus all standing in the middle of the lane. When I look at the rest of the East, Philly is the team that has that. They can throw Ben Simmons' length around. They can throw Tobias Harris' length around. Al Horford has consistently been a great defender throughout his career. And then they have Joel Embiid, one of the best players in the league, standing in the lane waiting for him. So they have like a very similar just body type makeup. As, as Toronto did. Now they don't have a Kawhi Leonard, but they still have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So there's definitely some concern there. And But at the same time, Giannis missed 19 shots and the Sixers hit more threes in a game than they've ever hit in the entirety of the franchise. <laughs> so it's one of those games where it's, it's going to take the perfect storm. It's going to take a poor shooting night from Giannis and the Bucks, which check and check, and then it's going to take a great defensive performance, and the other team is going to have to get hot. So... Best of seven, 
it's going to be tough to replicate that four times in you know a week yeah. and a half, two weeks. But it's possible, and especially I think it's most more so possible because of the just the physical makeup that Philadelphia has, most players that they have. Because Tobias Harris and Al Horford are, are no jokes whatsoever, and the Bucks are going to have to take that matchup seriously. Hey, Tony, if I had told you uh, maybe six months ago, a year ago, they're going to play the Spurs, the Spurs, and the Warriors uh, three games in a row to start the new year, and they're probably going to be like double-digit favorites in all three of them, and those suddenly now become like easy games, what would you have said to that? I just would have asked who was hurt, for sure. <laughs> it had to be who was hurt. Like, did, did Popovich quit, and did, you know, everyone on, on the Warriors get hurt? And essentially, the Spurs are younger than they've ever been, and everyone on the Warriors is hurt. Like, literally everybody. So, yeah, it's kind of surprising, but it'll be interesting to see. Hey, before we let you go, it is the last day of not only the year, the decade. So give uh, give us Tony Cartagena's, uh, you know, athlete team of the decade. You know, we had the Giannis versus Rogers debate. So uh, where do you weigh in on that? And what was your moment of the last 10 years? Well, I think for athlete, you got to go Rogers because he's been so dominant throughout the entire decade. Giannis was drafted in 13. So and then didn't even play for the first couple of years. So, yeah, definitely Rogers there. Team of the decade. I kind of want to go to the Brewers just because I'm biased. Yeah. I got to the NLCS, but um, the pack. I mean, so the Super Bowl was technically this decade, right? Yep. It happened. In, okay, so yep. yeah, I mean, they, they won a title. Um, and the moment of the year is 38 and one. It's not close. 38 and done, baby. How about that, Kentucky? Yeah. Hell yeah. There is there there is no. That might be the sports moment outside of a Super Bowl in Wisconsin sports history. Like that that one. See, I, I thought, thought you were. Those are good. Those are awesome, Tone. I thought you were going to say the day Tony Cartagena was hired by WOC yeah. was the moment of the decade. That maybe makes the top, like, 150,000, I'm guessing, hell, if we, if we yeah, if yeah. rank them. Tony, nice to hear it's, from your it's brother. It's right above the day Nelson got hired. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Tony. We appreciate the time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right, take care, buddy. There he is, our uh, Bucks insider, Tony Cartagena. <laughs> Are you ready for this one, Ebo? I'm ready. Sports Director V. Zach Heilprin here on Joe Ebo Radio Row at the Weston Bonaventure. No way. Finally. There he Found is. it. The man, the myth, the legend. We got him. I've been, we uh, got him. I've been searching since 4 o'clock in the morning to find Joe. <laughs> it's now 730 I finally found him. I've been searching since 4 o'clock for a drink, and I finally Heilprin, found him. Heilprin, what's so. up, brother? We, what's going on? How you guys? I, I miss you like Joe missed booze this morning at 4 a.m. Yeah, well, he's he's getting deep into the, what is that? Uh, oh, that's a screwdriver. screwdriver. That's, <laughs> that's number three, Zach. Dude, who's counting? I, I said I said you're getting deep into it. I have no doubt that that's, that was number three. I was just kind of surprised it's not five or six. Hey, he's oh, leaving, hey, so, he's leaving uh, sobriety way, in 2019. Yes, uh, I am. I am. Uh, my my New Year's resolution, Zach, is to have six of these uh, by the end of the show. So well, you got to hurry up. Uh, let's <laughs> go. Can, well, um, let. <laughs> I, I got a lot I want to talk to you about. We got a, a little bit of time. You going to hang out for a yeah. bit first off? Okay. Yep. Uh, first things first. Um, I was telling this story when I got on the plane last night that it was you know half red, which you maybe expect. I get to Detroit, I'm like, all right, it's going to thin out. It was like three quarters red. Then I land at LAX, one of the biggest hubs in the world. And there was a ton of Badger fans. I walk in here to the lobby last night. There's 900 people crushing every Corbell brandy behind this bar. <laughs> I wondered. I, I mean, it's not 2000 or 1994. We get that. Nothing will ever be that, Zach. No. But 
is this like a close second? I mean, is this like I feel like this is ninety eight UCLA or ninety nine? Like this is better than I thought it would look like when I got out here. I think there'll probably be thirty, forty thousand there tomorrow. I think that's probably what it'll be. I think I, I, it's yesterday's pep rally was pretty uh, well attended. I think there were there were probably a couple thousand there at uh, LA Live. So I mean, we haven't heard any numbers, but I expect it to probably be about close to forty, which would make it about. Less than half, but a pretty good number for Wisconsin. Do you think, a follow-up to that, I mean, is this just the seven years that we were thirsty for it, or is it because Ebo and I have this great discussion every day since we found out this is the game, is the Rose Bowl still the granddaddy of them all, or is it the first you know, runner-up to the college football playoff? I still think it's the third-best bowl game on the slate. I think it's the two semifinal games in this game. Do you think that, I mean, are, are Badger fans picking this up because of it's still a big deal to play it's, in the Rose Bowl? It's still a huge deal to play in the Rose Bowl. Now they're doing it for the first time not as Big Ten champions, and I think had they won that game, assuming they don't get in the playoff, uh, had they won that game, this probably turns into a little bit even bigger party because then you obviously have what you did against Ohio State. You beat the best team allegedly in the country at that time, and, and then uh, everyone is excited and wants to come out here, and you play Oregon, and you're probably the five. They're probably the six, and it's, a, it's an awesome time. I, again, it's still a huge bowl game to play in. I went there, went to the stadium yesterday, and, it brought f- memories just flooding, oh. flooding back from 1994 for me. Did and you I, cry? You know, and even 2010 when they didn't, uh, when they didn't win, no crying. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's no tears crying of joy. At the tears Bowl. of joy, like, it's, obviously. It's, tears of joy. It, it is just, it's, it's just a special place, and that there's, it always will be. And that's why I think there's obviously a ton of Wisconsin fans here, even even if they're not from hey. California. Heilprin, right, hey, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Heilprin loves that game so much that after about a year of having his office, he finally hung up a picture, and it was of that Rose Bowl game. That says a lot because his previous office, uh, <laughs> I think, with the janitors store their cleaning supplies because they thought it was dormant. So they didn't, and they steal my chair every time. Like I don't show up. For Zach, you day. have to actually represent that you you own the office. He- Our guy Zach Halpern with us uh, out here in LA as uh, we wrap things up here on a New Year's Eve edition. Perfect. Don't forget again the Zone Blitz pregame bash tomorrow. Two to four. So I'm glad you're here for a lot of reasons, Zach. A, I love you. B, you're good at talking badgers. But C, you're on my side on Pro Rogers, so you can balance the scale with these two haters. Realists. The other side. The two realists. Yeah. So I am, but I, here's the thing. I'm going to admit. I'm going to give Evo and Nelson a little bit of credit on this Oof, one because I know it's tough, right? Because Never. we put this Twitter poll in the field to start the show today. Who has been the better athlete of the decade, Rogers or Giannis? And Rodgers should win because of the longevity, but I always feel like we are prisoners of the moment and we are such an at-one society that Giannis is clearly better than Rodgers now, but over 10 years, Rodgers have been better. I thought Giannis would win the poll. These two said you're wrong, and to their credit, Rodgers is winning pretty handily. Are you surprised, or do you still think, despite having maybe a bumpy couple years, you still look at the decade that Aaron Rodgers has put together. It's by far the most impressive. How did the decade start out? That could start it up with a Super Bowl Bowl and him being the Super Bowl MVP and him hoisting the trophy uh, with some other guys. I don't even know who the other guys were, but uh, certainly that that, and then winning two MVPs and being essentially what many people think outside of maybe Tom Brady, the best quarterback pretty much the entire decade. So, yeah, I mean, he's he was playing. He played at the level Giannis is playing at for a good stretch of the decade. I mean, you could say for the first five or six years he was at that level. All right, what is Zach Heilprin? Then the follow-up, what is Zach Heilprin's uh, moment team athlete of the last 10 years? Uh, moment moment has to be in Indy. I mean, it, moment has to be 38 and, 
one, knocking Kentucky off in the Final Four, at least for, for me, I think a lot of people would point to, the, obviously, the Super Bowl. You, you win a Super Bowl. It's happened four times now in Green Bay's history. I, those two would be, obviously, up there. Player of the decade. I mean, how could you go? I mean, Frank Kaminsky certainly has to be in the conversation. A good one. Giannis in the conversation. Rodgers in the conversation. Yelich. How about this, the guy that's going to run the ball tomorrow the, here? Yeah, yeah. Now we're in the prisoner in the moment thing with uh, <laughs> with Christian Yelich, obviously, with the two years that he's had, and Jonathan Taylor with three years. But Aaron Rodgers has been here throughout the entire decade, so I'd probably put him at that best season. Is that? Did you ask that or not? Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's is the default Rogers. to the Packers, but they were ten and six. I mean, do you go? No, no but. Okay, with one ahead. of the bad. I mean, do you go with the Badgers making to the national championship game? Do you go with Wisconsin's twelve and zero regular season? Do you go with Green Bay's fifteen and one? Do you go with the Brewers getting home field advantage twice in the decade? I mean, what's the team of the decade? I want to. I mean, the teams that you remember: two thousand ten Packers and and twenty fifteen Badgers. And the twenty fifteen Badgers did it throughout the entire year. They lived up to the expectations throughout. Like like the Packers in two thousand eleven, they had those expectations, yeah. and they went fifteen and one, and they flamed out in the divisional round. The Badgers. Had they not gotten back to the Final Four, had they not beaten Kentucky, I don't, I'm thinking that season is probably classified as a failure. They did. They got back to it. They beat Kentucky, and they, then they couldn't hold on against Duke. But, yeah, that's, that's the team of the decade. I do love that because they, they, you're right, and very few teams of the last decade here had the bullseye on the back. And when Kaminsky flirted with the, with the NBA and came back and Decker and Nigel and everybody came back and you're like, okay, now you're the team to beat. Now, Frank Kaminsky, you're the preseason player of the year. Go ahead and live up to the hype. And they did. Most teams don't do that, right? And no. most preseason number one teams, most preseason players of the year never materialize. And that team did. I mean, that, that is pretty impressive we, to do it. We, didn't have, we don't have to look that far back to teams that can't live up to the expectations. All you have to do is look back to the 2018 Badgers uh, you know, football team where mm. you start in the top five in the country and you finish outside of the top five in the country and eight and five. I mean, that's, that is the ultimate uh, bullseye on the back and not getting it done and uh, not living up to that, and the, the basketball team did. All right, uh, Ebo, yeah. you still say uh, the Rose Bowl is not the granddaddy of them all with the college football playoff. Uh, Zach, what's your comment and how, uh, you know, what's the, what's the meaning of this game tomorrow? Playoff is king, but Rose Bowl is, is close up there. And again, Jonathan Taylor talked about it yesterday. As, as much as his quotes are usually just so PC and, you know, he's just, you know, saying all the right things, he did say that they want to be remembered. They want to etch their spot in history. If they win the Rose Bowl tomorrow, that team's going to be remembered. This team will be remembered. If they don't, will we remember them? Probably not at the same level uh, as the uh, – certainly not at the same levels at the teams that, that did win the Rose Bowl. And if they do, 20 years from now, that team can come back and we can talk about them being Rose Bowl champions. That's, that's what this game means. It's, college football playoff is king, but this is a close second. Boys, boys, I have uh, breaking news. Think, I have breaking news. Sw- is he swaying you? Is he making a compelling argument for you? Um, you know, for me, I have breaking news, but before I get to the breaking news – the Rose Bowl is great. Like, it's phenomenal. It's awesome. What a venue. You know, the history, everything there is, is, is incredible. But now it's just a really nice-looking participation trophy. At the end of the day, you want to be the last four teams remaining. You want to be in the college football playoffs. You want to be doing that. Wisconsin now is their 10th Super Bowl, or Super Bowl, their 10th Rose Bowl. That's great and all, but now it's time to get greedy and get more. We've been there, done that. It's, it's great. Don't get me wrong, oh. but we want, I want more. Of course. Yeah, everyone wants more. I mean, they were 43 yards away from the college football playoff a couple years ago. That, yeah. Everyone wants to play in the college football playoff, obviously. That's the, uh, that's 
the pinnacle, and then you win that and you get in the, in the College Football National Championship game. That's what everyone wants to do, but to call this a, you know, a part, did you say a participant? It's a really nice, a really bowl. nice, shiny one. <laughs> uh, every, I think every bowl game, on, though, is a participation trophy. See, he though. played soccer, though, as a kid, Ebo. That's, er, er, Zach, that's what you get. You get participation trophies. <laughs> You're not going to believe the breaking news we have out here. Yeah, I've been trying to tell you about my breaking news. Ryan Pace says the plan is for Mitch Trubisky to be the starting quarterback in 2020, babies. Let us end 2019 on a high note. Wow. All right, you want to hear this? Yeah. This from our friend, our, our resident uh, go, go for a booze out here. According to OB, early D-bag, state of California, for not letting you drink. They say they can only serve one drink an hour to you. Conspiracy what? Theory Friday. The state of California is trying to silence the Joe and Ebo no show. They have cut OB off at 745 in the morning. <laughs> OB's already cut off? We've been cut off at 745. Are you kidding me? That's insane. No. Oh, California. I'm going to have to go buy you guys drinks. That's insane. Zach, you're up during the commercial break. I'll take a screwdriver. I can't believe that. Extra screw, less driver. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. This this state will let you smoke (laughs) weed, but you can't have more than one drink per hour. (laughs) What? They don't understand. Zach, you were at. That BYU game when that one bar ran out of booze and they had t- you understand people do, don't this understand is this is Wisconsin they don't understand what's the, what they're inviting into their state How one you- drink an hour what who who is that 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 can't be a, I don't even know that can't you. be a state law that must that has to be this this bar, this hotel bar, that's, what mm. that's what their computer and, oh, and said they took your ID and. Unbelievable. So All right, here, here, boys. I got I, I gave listen, you cash. Listen, listen. Pay in cash. You just made the list. The state of California just made the list. How about that? That is your definite early D bag of the week, uh, Clubhouse leader. They, we've been cut off at 745. Unbelievable. Okay, Ebo, total D bag nomination, state of California. We checked her in the break. Zach was on it. There is no law. And Typical Joe Nebo fashion. We sent one of our peeps up there and bought the booze anyway. And we <laughs> thankfully got OB the right beer. Now he's got a Miller Light. I can't believe you're so drinking Bud Light. Bud Light. Um, I can't believe no, that got you guys Miller's got cut. Light. What time is it over there? 7, 7.50? 7.45. You guys got cut off at yeah, 7.30? Yeah, it was at 7.45 he was cut off. Yeah, 7.30 in the morning got cut off. Hey, Wisconsin rise <laughs> up, baby. that, Zach? Hell yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, some people might be proud of, you know, their their jobs or their kids, you know, their kids or I, I'm proud that we their got cut off at 730. Yeah, their yeah. accomplishments yeah. in seventh grade. Hey, uh, <laughs> nice. I picked that up. So what do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, we'll be on the air tomorrow and uh, we'll be talking about this game. But what what's your gut tell you? I mean, does Wisconsin feel like I know we, we were talking earlier in the week, you know, that Oregon was like, oh, we're here for all business. And that Wisconsin, they thought was like more having fun with it. And I'm like, dude, Paul Chris has never lost a bowl game. Pretty sure how he prepares for a game. I'm going to trust. Like, what's the vibe that you've been out here a few days? Does it feel like Wisconsin is here and, and is taking this game seriously and, and, and is trying to win tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they're they're locked in. Look, Paul Chris is not did not come up with this himself. Uh, he follows a lot of the same things that Barry Alvarez did. You enjoy the experience. The bowl experience is for the kids or for the players, and you enjoy the experience. But when it comes time to, to, to work, time to play, you get after it, and you, you're all locked in. And I think they are. I think, look, Oregon is, as, is the best team, the second-best team they faced all year, and I think they're going to have to be able to establish a run just like they did against Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. But I think Jonathan Taylor can have a big day, and, it's going to be a matter of slowing their run game because that's offensive line. Zach, 326. 
then he then he, then we don't have to worry about Jonathan Taylor coming back next year to get records because he gets it on his own. Yeah, just get him three twenty six tomorrow. Yeah, just three, just just three twenty six. Yeah, just go go <laughs> go get it. Look, I Jonathan Taylor run game and stop the run from from Oregon and make Justin Herbert with who has a ton of skill and can beat you with his arm. Make him do it because when you get in them into the past situations as we've seen all year with Wisconsin, they can get after the quarterback. Zach Bond, Chris Orr, both in double digits and sack numbers. So to me, that's it. Stop the run and get after the quarterback on that side of the ball, and I like their chances tomorrow to do that. Do you uh, I mean? Do you think that the wise guys are right on this one, that Wisconsin, I mean, you know, yeah. on a neutral field, Wisconsin's slightly better on a neutral field than Oregon? I think it's like 27-24. I think the, that's it's still three, right? That, that's, yeah. Yeah, 27-24, something like that, uh, maybe a little bit lower scoring. I think both these defenses are really good. That's the thing. I think both these defenses have a chance to slow these offenses, but 27-24 sounds about right to me. And there is none of Ebo's parallel multiverses where Jonathan Taylor plays next year at Wisconsin, right? He's no. 100% going to be he's coming back. Uh, in the NFL next season, right? I think he's already got a statement written. He'll be putting that thing out, like, January 2nd. Uh, anyone else that, you know, may be on the fence? or you well, know, we t- I talked to uh, Ted Gilmer, the wide receivers coach, yesterday about Quintez Cephas. He's got a decision to make. I personally think he's already made the decision. I think he's, he is going to end up going pro. Uh, but Ted Gilmore said they're going to gather all the information. They have been gathering information and uh, put it all in front of him and see what he's got. He's got things he can prove on. You know, he could come back. He also could get his degree if he came back. Um, you know, so there's, a, there's some things to draw him back here, but I think there's a ton of things to say, let me out of here. Let me go yeah. to the pros, even if it is as a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. And then Cole Van Landen, too. I think the, the left tackle certainly, he would not talk about it yesterday. I asked him if he had put his name in for the draft. said, I don't want to talk about that right now. And then, obviously, Tyler Biotish as well. I think Biotish and Taylor already gone.